Hello and welcome to Totally Tell Me, a weekly entertainment review podcast where we talk about movies, music, food, and fun. My name is Dominic McCurio, and I'm here with Laura Weinbach. Yo. What's up, Laura? What of it? How are you? <laughs> oh, how am I? Let's hold that thought and we'll introduce our <laughs> guest of the week, which is Ken- <laughs> Kendra McKinley. Who is? Not which. He's a person. Which is? Who is? <laughs> Look, <laughs> I've been drinking all weekend. <laughs> Kendra McKinley, so nice to see you. Hey, nice to see you too. Well, yeah, this yeah. is the most I've looked forward to a Zoom thing. <laughs> really? Probably all year. Aww. Wow, we're so honored that you would look forward to our show. That <laughs> I is an honor. Zoom, but this is fun. <laughs> it is, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, Kendra McKinley, if you don't know, um, she's a musician, singer-songwriter. She, in fact, was playing, uh, or the song that was just playing is one of her latest tracks called Dirty Laundry, which uh, I really enjoy a lot. Um, and hopefully you did too. Um, where can they where can they find that if they if they liked it? If they really liked it, mm-hmm. they can watch a video for it, which is on YouTube. If they don't want to look at anything <laughs> other than the thing that they're already looking at while listening, I would recommend Spotify. The song uh-huh. is called Dirty Laundry. Hell yeah. Nice. And you're airing it. Um Here's the deal. I'm airing it? Oh, I get it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, like you're airing the dirty laundry, I assume. Yeah, I, I didn't, like, hear the words at first when you said that. I just heard, like, you're airing it. And I was like, I don't know, I don't know what that is. <laughs> um, okay, look, here. For people who have not tuned in before, uh, we, we take a film. We take a film every week. Um, actually, every two weeks. And this week's film is going to be Kajillionaire. Uh, written and directed by Miranda July. She's done a bunch of stuff, but we'll get to her in a little bit. Uh, first half of the show, we're just going to chat about really whatever we feel like, current events <laughs> and other things. Um, Love life and the sweet hereafter. <laughs> we, we go live bi-weekly uh, on Facebook, Twitch, and YouTube. So feel free to follow us on any of those platforms wherever you like to watch things live. Um, if you comment, we will see your comments and we will incorporate you into the show. So if you've seen the film, too, feel free to give us your thoughts, and uh, we'll read them. Uh, and next, our next episode will be in two weeks. It's going to be November 22nd, which is a Sunday, at 7 p.m., and we're going to have Emily Jane White as our next guest as well. Um, so we're very excited about that, so mark, mark that calendar. Um, but I say we really get to um, the thick of things here, which is we have <laughs> a bit of a celebration, I would say at hand. Um, I don't know if anyone has heard, if anyone's been following the news, but Joe Biden is, oh my fucking God, Joe Biden, this might just really backfire on me, Joe Biden is the President of the United States. So, cheers, everybody. I mean, wow, we did it. I mean, fuck Trump. He's out of here. I mean, I would have... I would have sent you all a bottle because that really would have sealed the deal. But I'm just gonna um, <laughs> virtually cheers you both. Uh, you, in a sort you of still can. In a sign, I'm, and I will. Time limit on that. <laughs> oh, send you a bottle. Cheers to you. I'll drink my alkaline water. <laughs> cheers to us, everybody. Um, we did it. We did it. I mean, you know, everyone did it. <laughs> but man, actually, wait, uh, Kendra. I think. Do you mind turning up just a little bit? 
You're a little quiet on my end. I don't, I don't know. Turn it up. Turn it up. Turn it up. Up. Hell yeah. Up, that seems up, better like for that. me. I couldn't okay. hear you. There you go. Yeah, okay. cool. And then, Laura, maybe you just go up just an ever so slight hair. Okay. Just a hair. Ever so slight. I'll just go up an ever so slight hair. <laughs> that sounds great. Thank you. There we um, go. And let us know, by the way, if, if you're watching and, and someone is wildly too quiet or too loud, um, we will adjust. But, <laughs> man. <laughs> uh, I mean, holy shit. Where were you? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Kendra, Kendra, tell us, tell us how your yesterday went. Or really this whole week, if you want to start at the beginning. How did my, how did my yesterday go? Okay, well, I'll, like the abridged version would definitely be like, woke up Tuesday, had like, you know, dropped off my ballot about two weeks prior, received a letter from Nevada County saying that my signature didn't match the envelope. Oh my goodness. So I had Nevada. To, I'm in Grass Valley at the moment. Oh, yeah. And that's considered Nevada County. Mm-hmm. But still oh, Nevada in County. Sorry, not California. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Okay. My bad. Still in California, but in Nevada. <laughs> right. County. Right. Right. But yeah. Oh, so I like, didn't know you were registered in Grass Valley. Yeah, I've been here. Why since would you March. be registered there? Well, when sheltering <laughs> in place happened, I needed a place to go, and I came up to live with Dan in Grass Valley. Oh, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. I didn't. <laughs> Sorry, I was just. I just want to comment on one quick thing, which was funny because yeah. you were like, "I'm going to give the abridged version." Back on Tuesday, <laughs> I asked you what you did yesterday. No, no, no. Back, and now we're talking it. about March. <laughs> but, <laughs> but let's keep going. That's, so I woke totally up. Fine. I just thought it was I woke up. <laughs> didn't get out of bed immediately, but I was up. Scroll through my phone, was looking at Instagram, saw some amazing yes. posts. I thought I'm going to respond. No, I'm but sorry, I didn't going. go on Instagram because it was hacked. Oh, which, oh, my God. That's right. You mentioned that earlier. Wow. Yeah. The version's getting longer. Well, I voted <laughs> and I had to prove that my that my that I was the real person that signed it because my signature on the envelope didn't match my like 15 year old's signature from my like original ID. <laughs> <laughs> I used to like try to change my signature every other day just because I thought that, you know, if anybody wanted to try to like jack my signature, they wouldn't know what my new signature would be. <laughs> totally. It'd actually I, make it a lot easier for them to like sign my name because it wouldn't be a consistent signature. So I know. Totally. Keep going. All right, go ahead. We're I'm not. I used to up. just like practice signing my name all the time. It was like an obsession. Go ahead. Oh my god, I know. Yeah, and like since COVID's happening and like, you know, just like having to be conscious of like surfaces and germs, like I I like make my signature as small as possible. Like I actually do like a like little dot. Get that re- <laughs> This is the uh-huh. abridged version. Um, <laughs> so we're on Tuesday morning. <laughs> so it's Tuesday morning. I get up. Um <laughs> Well, like I, I was, I don't know. I was like, kind of trying to, I was kind of trying to be chill. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to meditate. I'm going to like, I'm going to like be, be, I'm not, I'm not going to like decide what's going to happen before anything happens. Yeah. I was like, you know, what's going to happen will happen. And I was like, I'm going to make falafel for my housemates. <laughs> So it's like, you know, when everything's kind of starting to like creep in, I'll just be like, don't worry, I'll feed you. It's not always that, that was like how like I felt like I could handle it. Right. And then, yeah, just it was just was like so clear that like watching like the map show where it was like, you know, 30 people are just like speculating about like 
any modicum of information or like any of the ways it could splinter off into more whatever. Mm-hmm. It was just like, it's too many people talking too much about what could happen mm-hmm. and like pressing the refresh button on that process. So it's just like, <laughs> I just like drank a lot, you know, it's just like, I, I like went from being chill to, to drunk because I was just like, <laughs> Oh God, like yeah. this is looking bad. Oh my mm-hmm. God. I was shocked in 2016. Maybe I should like brace myself again. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And so then Wednesday <laughs> I woke up and I, I cried because I was just like, you know, like how come so many people still will for him? Like yeah. you know, like how how? How how the fuck? And it was um, very much up in the air on Wednesday too. It yeah, did not feel oh, concrete. Yeah. And it was there were ups and downs too because it was like then suddenly Trump was leading in certain states and you were like oh shit this is not looking good and then Florida happened keep going <laughs> so then on Thursday no I was skipped to like Friday Friday Saturday bland I just started feeling so stoked it was just like mm-hmm. okay okay mm-hmm. I like where this is going I like that if you visit Trump's like Twitter page they're just all flagged <laughs> as garbage. It's just like, oh, you just, you just, you can't see anything that he's saying. And, and then you start to think like, oh, this is like what life's going to be like, like when you don't hear him. Mm-hmm. You also wonder like, why did they not do this like four years ago? <laughs> yeah. Or I, at least three years ago. <laughs> why didn't they vote for Biden four years ago? Wait, what do you mean? No, why didn't they flag like all his check, like, yeah. you know? Yeah. Why didn't they fact check his post before and like <laughs> censor that? You know, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Maybe it was like. It was still too new and shocking. <laughs> People were just like, well, also there's, yeah. I mean, there weren't any real regulations on like social media platforms yet in terms of like the actual law. So yeah, <laughs> it also got I think sa- now there's a lot more pressure and like, you know. yeah. it also and got sassier and sassier as the days went on. Like Twitter's fact check of his tweets. Uh, yesterday, once it was actually um, concrete that Joe Biden was the president, he tweeted uh, that he won by a lot or whatever. I know that was so much. <laughs> I, won I won by a lot. By a lot. By a lot. Um, <laughs> and then, the, and then the, the the fact check under it, the fact check under it was a little blue thing like um, this is very misleading. And then you click that, and it, and it just has a big banner that says Joe Biden is the president. No, like you know what? I like, all you like have to his, do is like I won a lot. Up. Click. Joe Biden is actually the president. <laughs> so he posts this post that I won by a lot, and his advisors are going up to him, going, "Um, sir, Mr. President, your <laughs> name is spelled T R U U M P. It starts with a T, not a P." <laughs> it's absurd. <laughs> I don't want to leave. <laughs> you should show that video. Uh, I thought this uh, I video know. that Sarah Silverman posted was so hilarious. I watched uh. it like three times. I mean, maybe you guys won't think it's that funny, but I just thought it was so funny. It was I'll, like I'll Donald Trump up, as a baby. Like it's like him in a preschool with all these toddlers, ju- like bouncing on this ball, and his <laughs> advisor comes in and is like sir we have to go now and he's like i don't want to you'll see if dominic can show you guys oh i don't know so if i funny. can but okay, never mind. imagine really it for funny. now go to sarah <laughs> silverman's instagram page and you'll see it it's like the first post but anyways kendra sorry, sorry to sorry. cut you off carry on <laughs> so i mean I was, I was just gonna say yeah it's like the internet's like killing it right now mm-hmm. just like you just, I just love that feeling where it's like, you know, everyone's curtains have parted and they're like, well, like maybe I'll clean my house. Like maybe, maybe today is a good day. And then they're just like fucking 
Uh, can we? Can I say that? Oh yes, you can absolutely yeah. swear. <laughs> okay. I just love this, like, like. There's like maniacal triumph where people are just like cackling with delight and it's epic and crying. Like I talked to my brother and he was like, I just cried listening to We Are the Champions, <laughs> <laughs> which is a pretty beautiful image. Just like adult man. I could so totally see your brother doing about, that. <laughs> what? I could totally see your brother doing that. Crying to We Are the Champions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is that like one of his all time favorite songs? <laughs> I mean, I think that songs are his all-time favorite songs. Like, if they exist in, like, music as a thing, it's one of his favorites. Yeah. Non-discriminatory. Yeah. But... So what, what did you do to celebrate yesterday after it was fully official? Oh, I smoked a spliff, and I danced, and I sang. Went, Beautiful. Walked around. I don't know. I, I, like, I really wish that I could have been in the Bay. I wish that it could have, it would have been like the best occasion to like be in the streets with a bunch of strangers and like everyone like squeezing <clears throat> each other and <clears throat> shouting and music. Mm -hmm. And, and I definitely was like, fuck, I want to, I'd like to be with people. Wait, are, yeah. are you in Grass Valley right now still? Yes. <clears throat> oh, okay. Got you. Yeah. Yeah. So, not living in the Bay. So it was definitely like, all right. Well, but you could see it. Did you watch TV and like see all the parade, like all, not parades, but like people gathered in the streets and you yeah, know, just like I saw, news footage. Yeah, I saw saw footage of of Stoke. A lot of cars did you, honking. <laughs> did yeah. you not hear any cars honking honking around where you guys are at all? Are you like, like in the woods, high up on a ridge in the woods? And if there's a honking, well, it's usually it's not like a honking car. It's like you know someone like riding their ATV and blasting like this hip-hop artist named Mercules at like three o'clock in the morning <laughs> Mercules, is he a local <laughs> yeah Mercules that's actually me Dominic Mercules oh yeah so, you're so the one. it's kind of a you all along man yesterday it was it was crazy in the mission um we I, I woke up I was with Josh and he woke me up to the news that it had flipped over and um we were hearing we were hearing cars honking and I mean, pots and pans and yeah, yeah. Just that it had mm -hmm. gone over 270 via Pennsylvania. Oh, oh, um, I see. Uh huh. Yeah, so just cars honking and, and mm -hmm. people were shouting and screaming and it was just like it was crazy and I mean it was pretty early. I don't I haven't really been getting up that early, but it was like 8:30 a.m. But we just got out of bed and just immediately <laughs> started drinking and like we went on our roof and um a couple of other people who live in our building were up there so then we were like chatting and and just it was it was so amazing i mean and in fact i also put on we are the champions and blue right. you know what i mean blue oh yeah i saw your are you familiar <laughs> you I saw my post I didn't even know you do social the, the media. Joni, the Joni Mitchell album. I was like, huh, that's introspective. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, yeah. I'm going to go do some watercolors inside of my journal. <laughs> um, but we, we, we went to Dolores and had a little picnic with one of our friends who we had already... Um, we have kind of only have a bubble of like three friends that we've been seeing this entire time. So she's one of those mm. three friends. And so we saw, we saw her and met in the park and had a little picnic. It was just incredible, though. I mean... Man, the joy was just so palpable throughout San Francisco. Everyone was just like, you couldn't see their smiles, but their their eyes were beaming <laughs> through their masks. Mm. 
and yeah. they like blocked off streets and people were just dancing and riding bikes. It, it felt yeah. like just this whole new world. It was so crazy because it's been so dark this whole year. Yeah. And to see people with joy on their face and and feeling like they could just celebrate something and everyone's just like, I don't know, interacting more. I just felt like I was looking at everybody and everyone's just looking at me. It's <clears> like, <throat> I feel like there was just this energy in the air. It was It was really incredible. I mean... This has yeah. really, I feel like, turned even my mood around. <laughs> just in, just my base level of happiness is just has already skyrocketed from mm-hmm. Tuesday to now. Well, what definitely about, what about you, a new level. I, I definitely feel a wave of hope that has come over the land. I mean, I remember, though, when Bar- Barack Obama was elected uh, for the first time and being I was here in in San Francisco and it was a very similar feeling. I mean it was nighttime but everybody was just so happy and like there was just this whole feeling of everybody here be- being in this state of just awe and ins- inspiration, you know what I mean? Like feeling like wow, they're witnessing this historical moment of the first black president, you know? Mm-hmm. And it really did seem to give everybody this feeling of hope and um and then when Donald Trump got elected, it was such a different feeling, obviously. I mean, it's just funny because <laughs> I remember when Trump got elected, he couldn't even get a band to play at his inauguration <laughs> because no <laughs> cool bands would agree to like play at his freaking punk asses event. And like, <laughs> yeah, he was acting as though like there were all these. I remember he was like, there's more people at my inauguration than <laughs> and any other president's inauguration. Or was it like Matchbox like 20 or or was it? A- it was. What was it the was Christian just rock some band? That... Really bad band. <laughs> it was and, just, uh, yeah. But he had been like denied by several bands that I think that they had been reached out to. But I don't know. Oh, and yeah. it was just, it's interesting when you think about how like the, the artist community and the entertainer community is like pretty unanimously not for <laughs> Trump. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, he has a few. I mean, obviously, but like it's just funny. I mean, when you think about the kinds of people that. Uh, that would vote for such a person or like the kinds of people that wouldn't, you know what I mean? And kind of, I don't know. It was just an interesting observation when you think, Oh wow, it's, it's, I don't know anyway, but yeah, I was, uh, I was, it was nice. I woke up and I was writing in my dream journal and then Anton was like, he won. And I was like, Oh my God. (laughs) I went to the, and I heard, I always said it just like that. Uh, he just turns. He was like, he, he had. <laughs> well, see, I've I've gone into the habit of writing my dreams down like every day for the last like year, basically. And um, so the first thing I do is I wake up and I grab the journal. But Anton, the first thing he does is wait when he wakes up is grabs his phone, which is terrible. But like, I think a lot of people do it, I and I probably would. I probably would be doing the same thing if I didn't have the dream journal. So I just like, even though I wanted to look, I had been looking every morning. <clears throat> before that really because you know after tuesday i was like all right what's happening you know and i actually was doing it before the dream journal for the last like few days but nothing new was happening every time i would check so this time i decided to reach for the dream journal and then anton is like on his phone after i've been writing for like 10 minutes and he's like oh he won (laughs) and i was like oh my god this is amazing and i was anton not stoked i mean oh he was he we were both very stoked but he was just like yeah (laughs) <laughs> and uh, we both, well, I was doing a little like m- music kind of class that morning for little kids. Um, mm-hmm. Not little folkies, but something sort of similar. But anyway, um, so he decided to wake up and join me. And like, so we were 
both playing music for the kids in the morning and like everybody Aww. was just so happy and there was people driving outside you know horns were being were honking outside the outside the door and like it just really felt like there was a lot and we live in a pretty residential area and so to to hear that kind of energy outside of where we live i really felt like okay everybody is super stoked you know mm -hmm. what i mean and you could tell the energy in the whole bay area you could really feel it even just from being inside my house you know and i turned the tv on and i was like kind of glued to the tv just wanting to see what was going on all over the bay so i was trying to look up local news stations which was surprisingly difficult on my like fire stick tv so i ended up watching fox news <laughs> which was interesting because they were like totally you know stoked seeming about the biden election like most of the news reporters that were on were like we think that you know his speech yesterday was very conciliatory and we think he's off to a really good start and you know they all seem to be in support of and i was like wow have they like turned a new page or are they just kind of no longer in fear that <laughs> i don't That's know that they're crazy. like i didn't know that well, it was really interesting i mean look the truth is i don't really watch obviously very much fox news you know and so <laughs> i wish i had a little bit better of like a firsthand grasp of how much they support Trump and kind of mm -hmm. in the, I, I, cause I never really, I just know that they were basically being controlled by, you know, largely by like the Trump administration, but I never would really watch it. You know what I mean? So I kind of wanted to really see side by side, like what the difference was in terms of their reporting versus like, you know, NPR or something like that or any other news station that's, you know, anyway. And so, but yeah, it was actually pretty much unanimous. Like it was very similar to all the other stations that were showing coverage of everything, you know, of, and, and they were editorializing, you know, there was editorializing happening to a degree, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And it seemed joyful. Like everybody seemed to be joyful. They all, like everybody had smiles on their faces. It was like, they couldn't help themselves. You know, I think <laughs> that there was this sort of sense that wow we're not like under this dark shadow even though there is still fear i think there's still a lot of fear that people are you know thinking about like what's going to happen in these last 11 weeks you know sure mm -hmm. there is i think just for the day and watching the speech so i watched tv i was like watching the news watching well kamala harris was like in oakland apparently in the morning right i heard i think that she really? was like in oakland she was in Oakland and okay, I could be wrong. I'm not sure if I heard this right. Cause I, Anton and I eventually went to go get coffee and I also wanted to see what was going on like in the town. So we went to Lakeshore in Oakland and everybody was just, you know, jumping for joy. Cars were in the street, honking their horns and people <laughs> were like out and about and just everybody was so psyched. And, um, it was a cool feeling and it was totally reminded me of when Barack Obama was elected only this time it was like, it felt like the stakes were even higher, you know? And so yeah. there was that much more of a feeling of relief mm -hmm. to a degree. Um, but also, I mean, well, no, I myself, though, still was feeling a little bit like, you know, unsure of whether this is a, you know, totally secure thing still. You know what I mean? Even though I do feel in my bones that, like it is, you know, like it's he is secure. going to be the next president. And even if Trump tries to like take it to the Supreme Court, which he will, it's not. Yeah, I don't know. If he it, will I, try, just don't, I, mean, I don't that think will, that but... it's going to based on what's happened at this point, like with him taking it to the various courts, like in <clears> each state and them kind of just being like, you've got nothing makes me think 
that maybe people are actually going to play by the rules to some degree. I don't know, except for like Rudy Giuliani and like his very a very few. Even his own advisors are telling him to give it up. Like I think his doc, I think well his wife and then Jared Kushner, I think, were telling him to just stand down basically or consider. Yeah, I think that was a rumor that that Jared Kushner had said that, but it's unconfirmed. Oh, okay. Um, well, I guess I read that today, but. But yeah, I thought his speech. So I watched the speech. We went to down to Lakeshore, and it was great. And then we came home, and then I wanted to do another drive by, <laughs> like at night, and just see what was going on. But I watched the speech first, first, um, which was like at eight o'clock. And I thought Biden's speech was great. I really did. I thought he gave a wonderful delivery on the speech, and also I thought what he was saying was like really not divisive and not, um, you know, he he really he didn't. Um, I felt like he made a real effort to reach out to, you know, people that didn't vote for him and try to just be empathetic and not, uh, you know, gloating at all, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I just I don't know. I just and I actually, I really believe what he was saying. I felt like his performance was really good. Did you and it also- was actually really inspiring to watch him watching like the fireworks and stuff and just being like on that stage with his family. And I don't know. I thought it was a good show. <laughs> did you watch so at least that? Speech? Yes, I did. And I thought her speech was good, too. I thought I think I, I really like Kamala Harris myself personally, but I can see how some people might think of her as being a little um like divisive because she has a little bit of a smug vibe to her i'm into it i like her i think she's great and i think she's very intelligent and she totally has the skills to pay the bills you know what i mean but like i can see how maybe some people might see her as divisive you know i don't know i but i mean i love her i feel like she's the one who excites me uh joe biden is is i'm down you know obviously i'm down but her speech actually made me cry i felt like it was so beautiful, especially when she was talking about uh, just women and people of color and how they have never been represented in the White House and how she's the first breaking both of those barriers. I just feel like Mm -hmm. that was really moving. Three barriers. First Asian American. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Um, But man, I mean, that just it really made me emotional just thinking about that because she called out so much about for all the little girls out there who are seeing this. I'm just like, (laughs) fuck, that is like really a big thing, you know? And totally. Really well, that's what's crazy about right. this whole thing. It's like it's interesting because we have this one figure who's the president, who's the president elect, who's like an old white man, which is very much kind of feels like going backwards <laughs> in a way. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But then I also feel like there's something about that that's necessary for moving forward because of where we're coming out of right now and the country being so divided that we need something a little more moderate. And then her, who is like breaking boundaries on all these levels as the vice president it's like first female vice president first black vice black woman vice president and first asian american vice president that's like amazing and so to have that standing next to this president you know what i mean like that's that is major progress you know what i mean and i think that this is like the way to move forward in a way you know what i mean is like it can't all just happen at once you know what i mean it has to have Mm -hmm. There has to be like an element of balance, I feel like, in order for things to actually progress. Because if you go, I feel like if you go too far, then you go backwards like a lot. You know what I mean? Like kind of, I don't know. I don't know why Trump happened. You know what I mean? But I think there were various reasons for it. You know what I mean? And it's almost like 
it's like going, you know, when they say like two steps forward, one step back or whatever the mm -hmm. saying is, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I think Joe Biden is a really good sort of. I don't know. You know, I mean, I, I have faith in him. I really do. I feel like I'm I think that he's going to I mean, I'm really just excited to see what he's going to do. And I'm also really hopeful about how he's going to freaking deal with the pandemic, because that's the most like thing of, that's affecting me directly right now. Mm -hmm. And so. I feel like Donald Trump has just done the worst job with that. And like it's affecting everyone directly in their own lives. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't there's no denying that. And so and he's like not taking it seriously at all. So I feel like at least we're going to have somebody who's going to appoint real scientists and like have the CDC. I mean, granted, I do think that, you know, Fauci is like legit, but who knows who else is like part of the CDC and like having to do with the, what they're regulations are and stuff and i know that trump has like a, and the white house has had a major influence on how the cdc is directing people to go about their lives and i think that's really been bad in a lot of ways you know and so i don't know hopefully that we can just i mean that gives me hope <laughs> for sure all right i've gone on too long Kendra, but yeah you i hopeful? feel hopeful <laughs> yeah i mean i like to think that biden understands his role in kind of like passing the baton from just like reptilian white garbage walkers <laughs> to to just like you know more diverse administration to more like inclusive environments to like upholding science and you know like these other like socioeconomic subjects that clearly so many people care about and like want to see reflected in our society and i i like that sense of humility from him that he's not like just gonna come in and save the day as mm -hmm. a as a sole character right. and mm -hmm. i mean you know it's it still just like cracks me up when people like watch him speak and they're like wow it's like a complete sentence and he's speaking to Right. A plan that he made and like a plan that can be executed and like not only is there a plan that's researched and reflects like the thoughts and opinions of like a broadcast of informed people but they're gonna start working on it on a monday like it's just like it it breaks so many like brain bubbles to think mm -hmm. of because it's the, like, we, like the, the bar has been set work. so low I know the bar is that's so low that when you have like an ounce or shred of dignity being spoken by somebody that is about to be our next leader, you're like, thank God. <laughs> yeah, and I, be and I governed by a total freaking buffoon anymore. Yeah. <laughs> like, Just like the I mean, yeah, the bar was yeah. set so low. But yeah. I don't, I, I don't know. I think that yeah, Joe Biden, his speech was like way i felt like he spoke way more concisely and didn't stutter at all i mean compared to the debates i don't know if you guys watch the debates but i felt like he was able to deliver his message very strongly compared to past public uh you know speeches that he's given and so it was stronger I think than usual i did notice that yeah it, ma it made me think like he's gonna do well when he's able to actually have you know his time to actually speak and not be interrupted every two seconds by. You know, <laughs> yeah. Dumb. Well, he, I mean, you know, he's experiencing like that, that same like degree of joy and relief that like Dominic was speaking to seeing in San Francisco where people are just like, Oh, I don't feel like I'm wearing like clothes that have been soaking in a 
sewage container and just like walking around and they're like heavy and they're stinky and like I just have to wear them for four years <laughs> and like right. pretend like I'm not dressed in sewage. Suits. Yeah, it's been a really shitty blanket that we've all been under. It's really nice yeah. to take it off. Yeah. And yeah, maybe maybe this will be the end of like, you know, any sort of like political correspondence where someone has to control the mute button on the microphones. I like know, people I know. will actually have conversations and listen. <laughs> it would be well, nice, well, wouldn't well, it? I would hope. Yeah. Um yeah, I'm yeah, oh, sorry, I Oh no, I was just going to say yeah, like I I I absolutely feel hopeful. Like it's very exciting to to like recognize in people that they have like reemerged from this darkness yes. or like, you know, have had like an opportunity to like observe that their engagement matters Yeah, and to feel like the administration like actually reflects humanity and not just the garbage parts. And so I, I don't know. I like, I like to think that it's going to, make people rise to the occasion like you know i think i think there's still like plenty like more than enough work to be done and we're all still like accountable yes to yeah, yeah. like you know witnessing and participating in the changes that we want to see but like i mean this is such good news this is such a green light mm -hmm. and i hope we just all like show up for it it's a blue yeah. light special yeah um well i feel like Maybe we should shift gears a little bit in favor yeah. of our of our guest, Kendra. Um, Kendra, okay. I see a couple things in our doc here that I'm actually very curious to ask you about, and I would <laughs> I would feel I would feel um, a set a, a weight on my shoulders if we didn't get to a couple of these things before we have to move on to the movie. So, just very briefly, I would love to know: um, Can you tell me about this Halloween gig that you <laughs> that you put in here? <laughs> yeah. So. I like to think of this gig as like if I were to have like a 2020 year 2020 Mad Libs, like this page and how it was filled out is like what resulted in this gig. So I had a gig on Halloween morning at the grand opening of a pet store in Berkeley. <laughs> they didn't want any amplified music from me. So they asked me to just play the acoustic guitar and i said okay cool i'll bring an acoustic guitar and i'll sing they said oh no 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 you we, we can't have you sing i was like well, I can wear a mask and they're like can you send us a video of you singing with a mask on and i guess oh, God. God, i was like <laughs> too proud to send a video of me with a mask on like singing to this like person at the pet store yeah. and i was like you know yeah, I'll just sit in the corner in your pet store and like play the acoustic guitar. So I did. <laughs> and honestly, like, it was it was dope. Because <laughs> I well, I wanted like it was Halloween and like I was like, okay, I'm gonna dress up like a ghost. Like mm -hmm. I brought like a sheet and like I cut out the eye holes and I was just like, you know, had my arms sticking out and like was playing guitar. But I couldn't like successfully position the eye slot in a way where i could still see without mm -hmm. it completely exposing my nose like the people that don't quite get how to wear masks <laughs> oh god and so i was like okay i'm gonna take off this sheet and i just sat in the corner and i played guitar you know like three three brief sets and then all of these like beautiful 
Bay Area dogs in costumes <laughs> would come in and they would lick my feet while I was playing. Like I saw this like poodle that was like dressed as cup of noodles. And I was just like, this is such a weird gig, but this is like such a good gig. <laughs> dogs licking your feet. I mean, wow. Is there anything more royal than that? Except I for, I guess. So. <laughs> I, really, I really hope it gets more royal than dogs licking your feet. But it was still just like, I've never had my feet licked during a set by any creature. So, I mean, it was like new and exciting in a lot of ways. But I mean, I just like, I will never stop enjoying saying, you know, like my, my morning Halloween grand opening pet store gig <laughs> combination of words. It's just. <laughs> yeah, I hear what you're saying about Mad Libs. That is. <laughs> yeah. It's an odd like, assortment. Yeah. Right. Have you had any like Mad Libs gigs where you're just like, you know, I played like a set at four o'clock in the morning with like a scuba tank for like my <laughs> my neighbor's birthday and they only wanted me to play like Soundgarden. <laughs> like, do you I have any like, like I have? I feel like I can't that's more right Laura's. Off the, yeah. off the top of my head. I'm sure I there it's out there. I just I'm drawing blanks right now. <laughs> yeah. I feel like we played in some I certainly Mad Libs. have played locations. I've played my share of weird like I yeah. don't know, just random places. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um I definitely miss playing a Halloween gig, though. I'll say that because Fox Sales usually does do a Halloween show and we dress up and stuff. So that was something that I missed. Though I did, I tuned into your to to Laura's uh, Halloween live show, which oh, good. which does explain, by the way, the blood uh, that's going on behind you, Laura. I don't know. Yeah, oh, I don't know. If maybe just... forty five minutes. We should address the blood that's, made that's a, going on. Not but... blood. Yeah, like I made this artwork for our backdrop for like <laughs> we did two sort of Halloween episodes, like one the week before Halloween and one. We did a uh, one on Halloween night where we just had like Anton and me hanging out talking about movies. And then I, I was like telling Anton what to play. I was like, play this song from this movie. But I didn't want to tell the audience. So I'd be like whispering it to him. And then he wouldn't know how to play it. So I had to like find it on Spotify <laughs> and play it into his ear. And then he would play like movie music. And then the audience got to guess what it was from. And it was fun. That's fun. <laughs> was cool. it fun? Dominic, you tell me. Was it oh, fun? no. I, well, I mean, I hate to break it to you, but I didn't watch that because I was out of town. But <laughs> I did the watch. Guessing? I watched the other one. Oh, you watched the Monday. Okay. Yeah. We did a live stream on Halloween night where we just hung out and we had like the smoke machine going and like the artwork and we were dressed up in our costumes. Anton was a mad scientist with blood splattered all over his jacket. And I was a non-elf with glasses and things and blood splattered all over a white shirt <laughs> so i basically blended it in the background usually i have elf ears but they wouldn't fit on my ears with the headphones so i had to just not have the elf ears this year. those elf ears have um, really hopped from year to year i'll tell you what they, those elf ears are the consistent thing too. through all of laura's costume she's always some kind of elf I whether like it them. be yeah. horrific elf magical elf I mean, That'd be a good memoir name. football player elf. kind of elf. <laughs> was it last? No. What kind of elf will Laura be this year is really the question yeah. I ask. Yeah. Yeah. What kind of last elf? year? <laughs> 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 yes, Kendra. <laughs> I was going to say like 2021 predictions. What kind of elf are you going to be next year? <laughs> is there a BuzzFeed quiz? Better start casting those guesses. What? Yeah. 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 Somebody will get a prize. They get to win a free elf ear. 
if you well, guess what kind of one. elf you'll be for 2021. You should yeah. start that poll now. Dominic, what kind of uh, elf do you think Laura's going to be in 2021? That's a great question. <laughs> Last Kendra. year, I was a football, I was a football playing robot elf. Hmm. I like how like they're all like some sort of combination. Like you're yeah. not just a football playing elf. Yeah, you're football playing robot elf. So yeah, I think we should With each things. suggest one. Okay, yeah. I mean, what about what about a um a retired mummy elf who has had their fair share of um break-ins on, upon their house. <laughs> their fair share of break-ins? Oh, yes, had their fair like, share of break-ins. They're upon like their injured house. by someone's like mentally weapon. No, no, like meant like they have been scarred. So it's kind of like mummy yep, again, mentally. retired, retired like, mummy like, who has okay. been mentally scarred. Elf. Okay, we'll take. It's we'll just a thought. It's just a thought. It's we'll just a think thought. about whether that's what I'm going to be or not. I All mean, right, Kendra. Not. Kendra, do you have any uh, a potential elf for for Laura to be for 2021? Yeah. I think that you're a buck-toothed customer service intern for a car rental company. <laughs> it's just... We no, shall so see. Too. We shall see. Wow. Have you thought about what you're going to be for 2021, Laura? Do you care to drop any hints about what kind of elf you'll be for 2021? Um, <laughs> it probably any will clues? not be... It probably will not be a lamp elf. A lamp elf? An elf that's a lamp. Hey, okay. fun fact, I was a lamp for Halloween last year. You were? Wow. You were that a lamp? Cool. Dan and I were lamps. <laughs> I like that. It was a couple's costume? We were, we were, we were just a pair of a lamps. A couple of lamps. On, on the town. You know what? Sometimes lamps come in pairs. Was the was your head the light bulb or like was it a lampshade over your head is what I'm asking? We put lampshades on our heads and then I we love had it. little headlamps coming through the top and then cut out like a little eye slot. And then I had like a little chain that I taped on the inside so it looked like you could pull it and turn oh, it on. Nice. It was great. And it's like the funniest part is just we really got like strong reactions. People were just always like lamps <laughs> to see a pair of jolly lamps. Sure, it's not every day you see a pair wow, of jolly lamps. That is so lamps. funny that you were an actually a lamp, and I just happened to say that. That's so random. Yeah, I like, remember. I didn't like, know anybody would be a lamp. <laughs> That's really cool. We were lamps. Um, we, yeah, I remember like. We were, we were walking through Bernal and we saw like this party bus that was like, you know, all lit up and people were like getting on it. And we were like, let's get on it. And we just got on this bus and everyone in there had like paid to do like this like Halloween tour, like like booze tour, like where they just like drove around San Francisco. And we just got on and they were like, Lips! and then no one like asked, like, you know, if we got tickets or like what we were doing. And just it was really special. Man, cool. you were brightening that people's sounds, days. That sounds like a real fun San Francisco experience. Yeah, just a couple um, lamps living it up. Just a couple <laughs> lamps. I'll tell you this much. I On Halloween night, I we got a lot of candy up in here. I spent like 40 freaking dollars on candy. <laughs> and oh, no. like we ate a lot of it. And I have to say, my teeth hurt afterwards. And they still kind of do. 
They're powerful No drugs. more sweet tarts for me. What's the percentage more, though, of candy that you ate than any given Sunday, though? Because you are more. a candy can, can, candy can of sewer. I, w- I am, but, like, I don't eat that much anymore. I mean, I do, too. Oh, really? Agree. I still really like Sour Powers by Dorval. That's the best brand for Sour Powers. But And Sour I powers? will eat a pack or two every here and there. But, like, the thing is, is you can't just eat three packs of Dorval Sour Powers in a row anymore. It's just not doable because it's going to hurt your teeth. I used to do it. I used to do it, and now I can't. No, that's So I'll up. just do one pack. I'll do one pack, maybe. You know what? That's adulthood right there. It's sad, but yeah, it's true. But you know, Dorval, they got some they got some new flavors. I mean, not new flavors, but you may not know this. Dorval has many flavors that are not always available. Oh, and it's even hard to find the Dorval sour powers in general. Like they only sell them usually at select liquor stores or gas stations. But um they're like those sour powers that come in a like a slim rectangular pouch or you know, plastic pouch and it has this kind of guy on the front that looks like this. He's kind of like a he looks kind of like a giraffe, kind of. Okay. But he's just a sour, guy, a sour guy. Draws. Is that no, what, not Sour Punch. Very different. Very different. Sour, sour Punch is, These are Sour Powers, yes. Sour Punch is very much a third tier kind of thing. I wouldn't go for that. <laughs> it's like way too soft, you know? The Dorvals are nice and so hard, soft. you know? <laughs> they're too soft. I used to so go for them soft. as a kid, and then I realized they're not as good as what they could be because... Well, when I was a kid, they had a lot more candy out there, you know, like at places like the Candy Stop and those kind of bulk candy stores. They would have Sour Powers, many options like tangerine flavor and peach, even even though I'm not really into peach that much. But like they had all these flavors and now they don't even sell flavor. They don't they don't even sell Sour Powers at those candy stores anymore. It's kind of crazy. What Did happened? They just stopped doing it. It was like, what the hell? And they also got rid of one of my other favorite candies, which were Sour Licorice Bites by Snack Club. No longer available. They caught them off the shelves like back in, I think, around 2003. I've been writing mm. to them to try to bring them back ever since, but they you said write they, to them? I have written to them multiple times as well as how do you I wrote start to general. The letter. Is it like a to whom it may concern kind of letter? <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. To whom it may concern. I'm writing to request that you bring back sour licorice bites by Snack Club because, well, you are Snack Club. I'm writing to request that you bring back the sour licorice bites because they were my like all-time favorite candy that was available in most AMPMs and Arcos, you know, across California. But now they're not, and I don't understand why you got rid of them. I found out by looking online though is that other people have requested them too, hmm. and they stopped because they said that it was too hard to ship them because they would get melty and that like it was not as fresh seeming. But I thought they were good like that. I liked them like that to be honest. Seems well, like have either of you? That's when you. Oh, oh no! Go ahead. Kendra. <laughs> Seems like that one. Well, well, I was just gonna say that I I don't know. It's just that that just seems like an excuse. It's like ice packs, y'all. We got like a lot of chemical freezing agents that will keep things cold that are probably cheap and can keep. <laughs> I those. don't get it. I don't know. I, yeah, I I feel like they. It would be awesome if they brought them back. But I actually tried to make my own since they don't sell them anymore. And I got like red vines and I just snipped them into bits. And then I, this is on tour one time. I got like a paper bag and I got one of those like lime things, you know, (laughs) you know, those limes that have lime juice in it, but it's like plastic lime. 
And then you put, I put that in there and then I put sugar and I shook it up and it actually tasted pretty much similar to the real thing. Not exactly the same thing, but pretty good. Did I bear witness and to this and just completely blanked it out of my memory? I think you might have, yeah. Dear God. Um, another question I had is, have either of you fucked with Warheads? The notoriously yeah. sour candy. Too sour uh, for me. Oh, too sour for, it's too sour for everybody, but I feel like that was part of the fun of it is like, could you handle a Warhead? I used to like try to i liked the challenge when i was younger but now i just find it to be painful it no, i would never tongue. eat it now i would never it eat kinda it kind of like burns your tongue almost you know yeah there goes there goes a stray josh by the way <laughs> um <laughs> i remember in high school my friend genki and i used to just like genki genki that's a place that has really good candy too by the way yeah you know genki He's- I don't know. I don't know Genki, but it's I, a I Japanese know store Genki. that has a guy. It's a store named Genki, but go ahead. Sorry. He's a man named Genki and he's Japanese. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Yeah. So, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's like we used to get like the black warheads specifically. Oh, and then yeah. Just, like, you know, put them on our mouth and just like try and like look intimidating to the other person. Just like what, whatever. It's not even that sour. Mm-hmm. But it was really, all about that. But really, you're just like burning a hole through your tongue Absolutely. and like losing all your taste buds rapidly. It was awful. That's... It tasted terrible. It didn't even like it wasn't even worth yeah. it because the because you know how eventually it turns sweet after ten minutes yeah. of torture or whatever. It's the a actual candy, candy. Yeah, the actual candy itself, like the sweet flavor, was <laughs> shit. Like it wasn't even good. The whole right. appeal was, can you make it through the sour? But it's like, a metaphor. what if? I feel like what if Warheads really got their shit together and crafted truly the best sweet flavor candy, but in order to get to it, you had to get through the sour? I feel like that would be very appealing. And in fact, I still may fuck with the Warhead if that was the case. But it was such a mediocre Uh, flavor that I'm like, at this point, it's out the window, you know? Or what if it was like, instead of it being the most satisfyingly sweet center... The center is filled with pop rocks to further extend the world. That's a thing. Nature. Are you talking about Zots? Zots? Oh, wait. Sorry. Zots don't have, they don't have pop rocks, but they do have like a fizzy powder inside of a really sour shell. Oh, that's called you a You know Zot? about Zots? Mm-mm. I don't know that one. Yeah, they're actually packaged sort of similar to Warheads. Um, okay. They come in like a little tiny packet and then there's like a bunch connected to each other. Ah, yeah. They're not that good. I don't love them. Yeah. <laughs> I I have like very fond memories of like those lolly, like the caramel apple lollipops where like they those. would get, they but they would oh, get like yeah. razor so sharp. Mm-hmm. Do you remember yes. how sharp they would get? Yes, like, they did. Like really slice the corners of your mouth. It actually made me fearful to even have them because you know eventually that they're just so small that it goes off the stick. It just kind of pops off. And then you just got this like, sh- basically you're just, basically you're just swallowing kind of like, it. Yeah, you're like sloshing around a knife and like a razor in your mouth. <laughs> and, and I'm like, this is, I feel like I could die at any moment if I were to just inhale the wrong way. You know, it, it was always, you're really just on a razor thin margin with those, I feel like. Yeah, have you, you guys ever mindful. had, have you ever had those, um, those like watermelon lollipops? It's like a watermelon slice and then it's dipped in chili. Mm-hmm. Those are good, actually, kind of, totally. but gross, but good. <laughs> now, that I good. enjoyed as a challenge because it wasn't like painful to eat it, but it was intense. And I felt that it was a challenge, you know, but I enjoyed that about it. 
Was it worth it though in the end? Like, was the sweet flavor of the watermelon yes, worth it? I liked the flavor of the watermelon. Indeed. Okay, see, yeah. that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for a light at the and end of the tunnel that is that is really motivating. It. Oh my god, it's so good! And like when it's a thin layer of the chili powder, when you get past like the super thick layer, and it becomes watermelon and chili, <clears throat> it's darn good. And then when you just have the watermelon, I will say this: that thing gets sharp too. Mm-hmm. Because it's like a sharp slice. Mm -hmm. Right, right. At any rate, I do think that we should probably transition to the movie at hand. Um, (laughs) uh, So, look, here's the deal. Uh, Kajillionaire. Kajillionaire. I'm pulling up the info as we speak. Kajillionaire is uh, written and directed by Miranda July. Miranda July is a, really at this point, a multimedia artist. She, she, She has directed a couple films before. Her first film was Me and You and Everyone We Know, which came out in 2005. And her second film was The Future, which came out in 2011. Um, this is her, her third feature film. Uh, along the way, though, she's really kind of dabbled in, I think, many different art forms, of which I have been a huge fan of. Uh, she she wrote the novel The First Bad Man. She conceptualized an app called Somebody, which... Um, in the briefest of ways, it kind of connected you with a, another stranger in your area, but it didn't give you guys any information. It basically just um, forced it. it, it uh, you sent a message to your friend and then a stranger would deliver it to your friend in person, uh, which I actually interacted with when it was live. And it was a really <laughs> wild experiment. Uh, she also created an audience driven interactive play called New Society, which I also attended was a huge fan of. It was this kind of wild play that um, the whole concept is that she's starting a new society and the audience members are now part of that new society. And so she's kind of, uh, it it becomes a fourth wall breaking kind of experience where she pulls people from the audience at random to start performing various activities on stage. It was pretty crazy. Uh, And then she also released an album of audio plays called 10 million miles an hour, which I was also very into. Anyways, the list goes on. Miranda July, she's back in film, though, which is, I think, probably what she's most known for with Kajillionaire. This new film, it stars Evan Rachel Wood, Deborah Winger, uh, Gina Rodriguez, and Richard Jenkins, and they're all members of a close-knit pe- uh, petty crime family whose relationship becomes frayed when a stranger joins their schemes. So, Kajillionaire uh, is also, it's out on I believe it's out on many platforms, but I watched it on Amazon Prime, so you can find it, you know, probably at your your local VOD store at this point. Um, and we, if you have not watched the show before, we will not be spoiling anything about the plot until a certain point in which we'll make it very clear. So for now, we'll just talk our uh, overall thoughts on the film, and uh, we like to start with the guest here. So, uh, Kendra, what did you think of Kajillionaire by Marina July? Yeah, so something that I really like about Miranda July's like general aesthetic that has like been translated in movies and her social media and her books, some of which I've read too. I just like the feeling like she like enters into a Salvation Army and just whatever happens to be there in the room at the <laughs> time and the people that are there are basically what will inform all of her creative decisions in the story so there's this kind of like romantic romantic sense of like 
quirky odd objects and how they relate to each other and like randomness and whimsy throughout all that so i always think that that's like a fun aspect of hers um i also love like her kind of way of i don't know surrealism or like augmenting reality with like really subtle ways like just like body movements like you know every character is quirky but it's like you know it doesn't just feel like mundane everyday life just simply by observing like how one of the characters like enters into a post office where you're just like okay this is like kind of fantastical this is kind of extra and I just I like that sense of wonder that she captures and imbues in everything that she makes I thought the it was like a really touching love story like you know not just like you know in terms of romance but just like love as a concept what it means you know like love as wealth and yeah i would say that those are my non non-spoiler nuggets yeah i'm curious because uh, you kind of mentioned some of her previous work what um wh what sort of experience do you have with ran july uh prior to this film well, I feel like we should mention that she also went to UCSE. Yes, she did. And both went. Yeah. yeah oh, yeah. she did? Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. Wow. She's, when she did grew she up graduate? in Berkeley. Yeah. Grew up in Berkeley, like, oh, went I to see. UCSE, came up in, like, the Portland kind of punk punk scene. Mm -hmm. Well, but, and um, actually, even before that, she was doing 924 Gilman a bunch. Like, she was yeah. kind of a, she was going there and, and kind of doing her, her uh, spoken word stuff at, hmm. at 924 Gilman. Oh, cool. In, in Berkeley as well, yeah. Um, but to answer your question, Dominic, I read her book, No One Belongs Here More Than You. Yes, as did I, yeah. Yeah, cool. and like, the, you know, I remember like, you know, the story about her like giving like a swimming lesson to like an elderly man without any water. Just them like lying on their stomachs like in his apartment, just like moving their limbs to kind of simulate the experience of swimming and I, I just like, I like that about her, this kind of sense of freedom and openness to everything, like all people, all emotion, all objects, all circumstances is like she's meeting the world with like a childlike curiosity. I think, yeah, maybe that's another reason why she just feels like, you know, she's like creating like out of a Salvation Army because it's like not only is it like in a random compilation of items but like you know each item has a history it comes from a family it like you know has absorbed experience and I feel like she's like really in tune with that um I also read her book it's like you know it's the it's kind of like the activity book um yeah yeah no one wait learning to love you more yes learning to love which is just like you know basically her giving all of these prompts for ways to like I mean kind of be more like Miranda's July like kind of like be more engaged and curious and expressive and she'll do things like you know draw a constellation out of like the scars and freckles on your skin or make a diorama of your childhood bedroom or like take a picture of your parents kissing and like the book was a compilation of uh, responses and entries of these prompts Mm -hmm. And yeah, she's just like, she's alive. I like that about her. Yeah. Something you said really kind of hit it on the head for me, which was childlike wonder. Um, I also want to just add that I feel like a lot of her work often feels like someone just starting from 
from like almost forgetting everything there is to know academic wise about the medium in which she has entered. And then she is like starting from scratch and just kind of letting her mind go wild without the preconceived notions of these kind of rules, these unwritten rules of like, if you're going to write a book, it should be this long or at chapter in chapter three, it better do this, you know, or the kind of hero's journey, you know, you uh, at the halfway mark, there has to be, um, a, a kind of life-turning event for your main character, that, that kind of stuff. Like these kind of things that are academic, formulaic. Yeah, mm. she. I feel like with everything that she does, she's like, "All right, let me just come at this with a blank slate, and let's just see where this story goes, or yeah. whatever it is, whether it's a story or not." I feel like all of her work has always had that be very consistent, which does also make me feel like a childlike wonder with with her. Uh, the kind of way that she she goes through everything she does, really. Um, but Laura, I want to give you a chance to speak as well before I I rant. So, Laura, uh, what did you think of Kajillionaire? Um, it was cool. <laughs> I don't know. I uh, here's okay. I will say this. I actually am not really familiar with much of her work at all. I haven't read any of her books or watched any of her other films or short films. I've known about her for a while. Um, I've heard her. I've heard her on NPR before being interviewed. She seemed interesting, but hmm. um, I don't know. I guess I just wasn't. I'm not sure what to make of this movie. To be honest, I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't want to risk. I'm not even. Yeah. So I just finished watching it before this podcast, by the way. Hmm. <laughs> um, okay. And. I feel a sense of wanting to let it sink in before responding strongly to it either way, because sure. I don't know if I like fully understood it, you know what I mean? Or what? Yeah. I don't exactly know what, if there was a specific message that she wanted to get across or, and if I'm not getting it or if hmm. I did get it and I'm just not, it's not fully resonating with me, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, so I'm still meditating on it. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Totally. Um, which, you know, I have to say, like, with re- regard to um, uh, what was the Charlie Kaufman movie that we watched recently? You were never really <laughs> <laughs> no, oh. you were never really here. Uh, I'm thinking of ending yeah. things. I'm thinking but... of ending you. Yeah. Yes. Um, ending things. Ending you things. Really here. <laughs> I, what? Did you just refer to it as you were never really here? Yes. Which is another movie from, like, <laughs> last year or two years ago. Yeah. But um, I'm thinking of ending things is what it's called. Yeah. I think that I could have given that a little more like meditating on before responding so crossly about it. <laughs> 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 I think that was maybe a little premature. I think I have a little bit more respect for the movie than I did initially. Sure. And um, that, you know, there are some things that are certainly meritable about it. You know what I mean? And more than I probably gave it credit for. I think I... I, I acknowledged that it had moments that I that were cool, but then I mostly was kind of negative about it. And I think I, I kind of want to take that back. And now I feel like I want to be a little more careful about, you know, if I'm not immediately, like, mm-hmm. you know, awestruck by a film or in love with it right off the bat, that that doesn't mean that I might not, you know, come to terms with it later. <laughs> so, Absolutely. Yeah, I hear so that. I'll, I, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. No, I, I just I, I I hear that because like I watched the movie yesterday and I kind of had that feeling too where I was like, okay, yeah, this is a Miranda July film, yeah, okay, and then like the and then yeah, the more that I thought about it today, I was kind of like, 
oh, maybe that's what she meant there. Like, oh, like this, this, this. And like, um, it kind of like sinking in in a different way. Um, yeah, I think I also didn't, I didn't feel like, I, like I didn't have any desire to ever see the movie again. I was like, uh-huh. okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Art. <laughs> it definitely felt like art or whatever. I mean, which I like. I mean, the thing is, is I love art. Love movies. Art. I love art in general. But like, I didn't feel in. I just wasn't sure about it. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't yeah. really connect with the characters that well, which is maybe OK. You know, like, I don't have to connect with the characters necessarily. Um, but they yeah, really I'm not going to say that either. I'm not going to say that I was like blown away by it immediately. You know what I mean? Like that's not my reaction to this film. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that is my reaction to certain films, but pretty rarely, but like, you know, so I can't say like this was hands down amazing. You know, that's just not my, my visceral response, but I'm not going to just say that it like sucked because I don't think it sucked. I actually think that there were really cool things about it. And like, I'm still processing them because I still don't fully understand a lot of it, you know? So that's just where I'm at. I think that's super fair. And I would add to that that the first experience I had with anything Miranda July, I was also pretty like, uh, and by the way, that was her first film, Me and You and Everyone We Know. Uh, I watched that after it was kind of getting hyped uh, at Sundance um, many years ago. It it was maybe a couple years after it had come out. And I kind of felt a a little bit underwhelmed and kind of like, okay, I kind of... I, I get, I, I'm kind of into some of it, but also some of it kind of alienates me and, and I don't really know how to feel about this, this, and this and whatever. I, I feel like I was pretty, I was coming at it with more of like a, I think a, a critical kind of viewpoint, but then I feel like, but I was intrigued. That was the, that's the main thing is it intrigued me. I was like, okay, I, I, I don't think I really fully understand or whatever, but I do like a lot of the toys I suppose that she's playing with and perhaps she could put those together in a different way that would be more appealing to me personally. And then it was really with her second film, the future where I started to feel a a much deeper connection with what she was going for. Despite the fact that I would still say the future is equally, if not more so alienating than her first film, but it was, I think it was honestly just exposure to her style that started to just like, deeply entranced me and then I was like okay I think I'm really starting to love <laughs> what she's up to and then it kind of just spiraled from there and then I, I looked into her back catalog and realized that oh she's not just a filmmaker she's an author she's um uh a, 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 well I don't even it's not necessarily like a playwright but she she's just a multimedia artist that um, she's explored all these different avenues and I started looking into those avenues and I I just really loved what she was kind of doing. Meeting technology with emotion, I would say, is really one of her strongest suits, where she takes a new medium and whatever uh, technology that that medium kind of most um, intrinsically connects with, she kind of finds a way to say something about humanity through that technology. Like, for example, most recently, she it's not even necessarily a, a project that she did, but just on social media she kind of started this fake relationship with another person who like another famous actor on, on Instagram. And uh, ultimately I was doing some research, like the other actress was in on it, but they kind of started this fake back and forth that 
felt real enough where you're like, oh, wait, is this actually like a real love affair? Like, it's kind of, you were like, wait, are these two women actually flirting with each other? And wait, are they actually in love with each other now? Or like, it became so um, breaking the fourth wall that you were kind of like, okay, wait, I'm not actually sure even what is real anymore. And then it ended with this seance that they got together and they like built this, this shrine. And I mean, basically it just, it went, it just went off the rails, but ultimately that was all this planned project that she was like, she had called up this other woman and she was like, all right, we're going (laughs) to, we're going to fool everybody basically. But basically she, she uses technology in a really interesting way. I feel like to say things about what we perceive through them. Um, especially with social media. I know I'm kind of going pretty far off of Kajillionaire. Uh, so to bring it back, I would say Kajillionaire. <laughs> you were doing the abridged version. <laughs> I've seen the abridged version, but Kajillionaire, my thoughts on Kajillionaire are that I would say if you don't already know Miranda July through something, I don't think this is a way in. <laughs> I feel like it, <laughs> I feel like it's, uh, uh, oddly, I, See, I, that's what I was. I yeah, think ahead, I was yeah. thinking that I was like, maybe if I've seen her other work, I for some reason I had that thought, like that if I'd seen her other work, maybe I'd get it more or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Which I don't think that about necessarily all artists at all. You know what I mean? Like, there's certainly a lot of interesting, you know, uh, sort of offbeat kind of filmmaking that I can get into right away without having seen the other work. Yeah. But I had a feeling, I don't know, something about this made me think there's probably something about her other work that would somehow <laughs> i don't mm-hmm. know make this more understandable or something like that for me i don't know she's definitely a vibe <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah absolutely um i guess at the same rate at the same time though i i struggle to think of what is <laughs> like it, okay. I, I feel like i almost feel like it's a hurdle that one must overcome when interacting with miranda july's work is at first it's it it very well might put you off and and it's a it she becomes a hard sell i think to to someone who doesn't already know her um so honestly your reaction does not surprise me at all laura i i I anticipated you would not like this movie but i would still encourage you i didn't say i didn't like it no no and i'm not saying i'm not i'm not saying you said that either but i guess i'm saying uh i would encourage you to if you felt so inclined to also check out some of her other work, because I think the more that you kind of get to know um, just in general, the kind of things that she's going for, the more that you uh, can appreciate, I think just the work that the, everything that she does, like I think everything becomes more clear once you get a better understanding of, cause I think it's, I think the first instinct and the reaction from a lot of people that I hear about Miranda July is that it's just quirky for quirky's sake. That's kind of what I felt like about it. I think that was yeah. probably what I was thinking during the movie. Like, and I think that's a really trying to be quirky, but then yeah, I think that's a fair assumption too. And I don't <laughs> even think it's necessarily wrong. I think it all comes down to, to taste, um, because I don't necessarily disagree either. But I think, well, actually, I do. Dis- I, I disagree with it being quirky for quirky's sake. I do agree it's quirky, but I think that there actually is more to it than just that. Um, but I think it is on surface level feels like maybe someone just kind of stumbling through and just trying to be weird to stand right. out or something. But, but I really knowing having a familiarity with her, I would tell you that it's absolutely not that. 
Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. See, that's why I felt I felt that too, though. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> like I, yeah. I was like I could easily react to this as just being like some kind of yeah, sort of quirky, posery kind of thing. But I sensed that there was more to it than that. I was like, I feel like there's some more depth to it than what it seems to be. So I just, again, like I said, I don't want to be too harsh on it <laughs> mm-hmm. because I felt that I felt it without knowing it. You know what I mean? Like it was more of an intuition. Like I just, I don't know. I sense that there's something going on here that's actually really meaty and like deep in a way, but not, it's just not, maybe I just don't get it. And I totally respect that. You know what I mean? Rather than me not getting something and thinking that it's just like superficial and, and like, you know, cheesy or whatever, or like trying to be quirky. Cause there's sure. certainly that kind of work out there too, that I would respond to in such a way, but I'm not <laughs> responding to this in that way necessarily. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Because uh, I sense there's something, there's something to it, you know? Yeah. Sure. And with that, <laughs> whatever, unless, unless anybody else wanted to talk more, just non-spoiler stuff. Um, I do think that we should probably talk sure. spoilers. spoilers. Yeah. Um, so for any for if you're if you're listening if you're watching, um, we are going to talk spoilers. So if you haven't seen Kajillionaire by Marina July and and you wouldn't want to know any spoilers, now's the time to tune out. But for if you if you have or if you don't care, feel free to keep on listening. Um, so I'll put up our little spoiler warning here on the screen. Um, yeah. So again, I mean, I don't I don't I don't necessarily know where to begin. But does anybody have uh, a, a starting point, or I can chime in here. I could start with something. Yeah. Well, so I mentioned earlier that I thought it was a sweet love story, mm-hmm. and not so much about you know like the realization of a romantic love between two people, but a story about what love is and why we need it. Mm-hmm. And I thought that, you know, like the fact that this family unit is pretty disconnected from each other, their entire existence is based on swindling and stealing and conning. And there's this kind of like false sense of camaraderie. Like, you know, they split everything three ways. Um, but, but then it goes to one thing. <laughs> but then it goes to, it goes to one thing always. Right. And so then the consequence is that this character, old Dolio, never experiences love or like a sense of self or like like she takes up any space and is, you know, kind of has like this Stockholm syndrome with her parents where like she feels indebted to them and this lifestyle that they've created. But she feels like so disconnected and depleted and like, you know, then like these these opportunities for her to like be educated about you know, human contact and empathy, like through the, the, the birthing class and the massage where it's just like, she's so unaccustomed to care and nurturance that she actually doesn't know how to respond to it. Or receive that, it. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. And then like, you know, there's like the point in the beginning of the movie and in the trailer where like the dad is talking about how like everyone wants to be a kajillionaire and like, you know, they're addicted to like this, this greed and sugar and all these like, you know, superficial <laughs> things. But it's also like, to me the reason that the movie is like called kajillionaire is like you know what makes you a kajillionaire is love and like the whole 
journey that old Dolio takes through it is like understanding that sense of wealth and stability through love and affection, but also that one's own journey towards finding love and affection also comes with grieving the fact that people are people and like, they're not just going to change to for your convenience and I think that, you know, like that, that whole plot line where, um, what's, is it Melanie? Melanie yes, is, yeah, is yeah. The, okay. So like Melanie comes in and she's like, I don't know. I thought she was kind of like an interesting variation on like the manic pixie dream girl. She was like, <laughs> she was like manic pixie, like surrogate mother girlfriend (laughs) where it's like you know she came in and she's just like you know she feels this like chemical attraction towards old dolio and like you know like feels this this call to teach her how to love and like offer affection Mm -hmm. and then like old dolio has to like figure out how to like process through all of her own stuff in order to be open to love and also to like accept that she's not going to get that from her parents and it's not because they don't love her but it's because you know people are people and they're not just going to change at your convenience and yeah and I thought and I thought that like you know like the kind of love story aspect of it was inconsequent I don't know not that it was inconsequential but I kind of liked that like the story wasn't about like the culmination of their love or relationship I thought it was just kind of like a sweet ending that, you know, like what's more symbolic of like love and openness than like a first kiss. It's like, it's all potential and like warm feelings. And she just like had this moment of acceptance and yeah. And she's starting to get some love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It really was just starting as the movie yeah. ends. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, their, their, their relationship. I mean, um, and that was something that also was this uh, this thing I was struggling with too. Is like I did want more, I think, from their relationship because I was I was so interested in it, and um, I, I guess I don't really know how to feel about that relationship because it, it felt like at times it, it was it was it felt like the movie was going to give us more. Um, but ultimately, yeah, it does just kind of leave you, I guess, in, in this spot, just knowing that she is beginning her journey towards empathy and, and accepting love and, and, and understanding that, um, care can come to you without it meaning something in return, you know, or, or love can come to you without it meaning something in return. Cause obviously without her parents, having to be paid for. Right. Yeah. Like cause yeah. throughout the movie, her parents, anytime they offer any kind of affection or love she knows and has it's it's already been ingrained in her mind that it, it means a price at, at the end of the day you know it means yeah. that they're they're moving towards some new uh <laughs> uh i don't know the word for it but but new find you know um scheme yeah new scheme yeah that was exactly the word uh <laughs> yeah i i thought um heist new heist yeah i also oddly thought it would go wilder <laughs> than it yeah. did. Um, a lot of her, this is, I would say the tamest <laughs> movie she's made. Uh, it stays very real. It, uh, or I mean, it's, it stays in the realm of reality. It never goes full fantastical. 
and I and I had and I did think it was going to go full fantastical at a couple moments, but it, it still it, it kind of it teeters on the edge, but never really goes complete insanity. And I feel like that's a double-edged sword because in some ways I really like I, I liked the consistent tone, um, which has actually been a problem for me and some of her other stuff. Because again, I'll just say like I love Miranda July's work overall, but I never have felt like she one hundred percent nailed it. But I also feel like she didn't need to because so much of the stuff that she did nail is so good that it makes up for for the stuff that I didn't quite connect with. Um, mm-hmm. With this, I felt like it was very consistently good and it never really reached the heights of some of my favorite things that she's done but it also didn't reach the lows of of some of the risks that she's taken if that makes sense like i feel like when she does take these when she does take these big left turn things in her work you're really either just gonna go with it or you're gonna repel it and i have done both (laughs) throughout throughout the things that she's done and with this, I actually felt like, in a way, it was she was playing it a little more safe. The tone was pretty consistent. Um, it never went off the rails, but it also didn't, you know, it, it was not normal either. <laughs> so I feel like it, it kind of took this middle road. And so I feel like it, it's 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 a tough sell because I almost feel like the best things about Marina July is when she does go fully off the rails. But for many people, that is the thing that holds them back from connecting with her work. So I don't know. I mean, I, I feel a little conflicted about, about, about this film overall um, in that oh. sense. Anyways, Laura, I want to give you a chance to, to speak as well. Uh, yeah. I mean, I actually, okay. The part when it did start getting more surreal, like when they're in the bathroom or whatever, and then they're like in space or the cosmos or whatever. That was I actually kind of thought that was cool. Yeah. I was like, all right, okay, now we're getting somewhere, kind of, because at least now it's not supposed to be real. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, this now, for me, is making it feel like, okay, obviously these characters are... I just felt, okay, I felt like the portrayal of the main character, old, what's her name, old Gorio? No, Old Dolio. Old Dolio. Old Gorio <laughs> <laughs> is a book by Balzac, I think. Anyway, point being, um, <laughs> I didn't like... I thought, I mean, my response to that character originally was like, this person is not, this is such a caricature of this kind of person, I felt like. It just seemed forced, like the acting seemed forced to me, but with then, the voice. yeah, with the voice, <laughs> and it just was like very monotone, and it didn't have like nuance to it, you know what I mean? Because even in a character that is monotone, there's nuance, you know what I mean? But I felt that the way it was being portrayed seemed like, I guess trying to be quirky, but like failing to be the actual thing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But then when it became surreal, I was like, okay, maybe she's like really trying to be like that. You know, maybe that's her intention, but why? (laughs) I'm trying to figure out, you know what I mean? And yeah, but then, and then there were just like plot line things that I guess I didn't fully understand. Um, I think that Kendra, your assessment of the movie overall, like as in terms of the general like message is, pretty right on you know i mean i think that that makes total sense <laughs> and um yeah i totally agree while that. i felt that i probably like hadn't culminated it into like clear cohesive words or thoughts in my mind so when you were saying i was like oh yeah duh like totally <laughs> i mean yeah um but uh 
in terms of just the experience of watching that message unfold and like the dynamics between the characters, even dynamic with her and the other girl, the one who comes into the, the show, the movie. I just did not like their dynamic, you know? I don't know. I just, I mean, I know it was supposed to be awkward, but it was like, just, I don't know. I didn't really like the, I couldn't connect with the chemistry between them because I didn't actually, like, there was a chemistry. There's no, it, there was a certain chemistry that was, I think, experienced, um, like, as a viewer and through the characters and, you know, in the acting. But something about it was just like, I don't know. I just couldn't get into it for some reason. You know, it was like, it just was cheesy to me or something. I can't explain it. <laughs> it made yeah. me like kind of cringe a little bit, I guess, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but hey, you know, maybe that was the point. <laughs> Make you cringe. Maybe a little bit. I don't know. I mean, or not. Maybe. I don't know. But see, I wasn't cringing the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> like there were these moments where I was like, okay, I like this right now. I think this is cool. Yeah. And I thought that there were these cool things that happened in the movie. You know what I mean? Like, well, okay. The scene. So the one scene that I actually was still kind of like pondering and not quite understanding was the scene where um, the father is in the bathroom with the, you know, the Puerto Rican girl. What's her name? Yeah, Melody. Uh, yeah. Melanie. Yeah. Sorry. Young woman. Melanie. So they're in the bathroom and they're about to go in the hot tub and he basically like sexually kind of, uh, you know, um, confronts her. Right. And it's like, okay, I didn't, I mean, you do get the vibe that this is kind of coming, but what is up with this exactly? And how is this, what exactly is the significance of this in relation to the overall like kind of movie and, and like message of the film? I, if I may, yeah, go. Yeah. I interpreted that as like it just being it like being a spotlight on the character flaw of the parents of like not being able to nurture or love, and so like you know, old Dolio's like interpreting like Melanie's presence as like oh, they're being all affectionate to her, they're treating her like a daughter that they love, and she's like resentful of what she's perceiving as the attention that she's not receiving. But really, I think that the parents just like they they sexualize her and they're like they're they're more drawn to her, her cleverness about like, you know, other potential cons like, you know, there's not actually like any sort of rapport between them. Like (laughs) they like they're so narcissistic and obsessed with and like disconnected. Yeah. Like they Mm -hmm. like they they couldn't even like, you know relate to her as another person do you think that they actually thought that she wanted to have some kind of sexual interaction with them i don't think that they think about what other people think or feel but then why would they even why would they want that i was trying to figure out why did they want that did they want that they actually both want that or was there some scheme going on or what was that even about i didn't even fully understand that scene to be honest i was like yeah I think I think that that it's like there needed to be some breaking point where where it's like, you know, old Dolio like expresses her grievances and like, you know, has that moment of like, okay, like I'll I'll pay you to call me hun. Like I'll give you money to be affectionate towards me. So it's like there had to be some sort of like disruption. What wait, that was before the scene or after? I'm trying to remember now. After. So it's like the one she said Right. Because she comes in and she's like, What are you guys doing? Right. Yeah. So, but then, 
again though back to the then this the like almost sex scene yeah and i think that like you know melanie like picks up on that too or she's just like like you know you like pervy like empty people like oh what, like she starts like entertaining like <laughs> these sexual fantasies in like this very exaggerated right. way like oh you want like soapy tits or just mm-hmm. whatever and he's like you know kind of like salivating at the mouth and she's just like she's she's just observing his disconnect mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. kind of like fanning it and and he can't pick up on it and then everything kind of like crumbles like when mm-hmm. dolio comes in and she's able to empathize with her and like mm-hmm. there's that breaking moment where old dolio like asserts that she's like in need of affection melanie's like I got you. I'll make you pancakes. I'll do a little dance. <laughs> what about her mom as a figure then in terms of how that, like how Melanie of, um, connect, con- communicates with her own mother who we never obviously see, but there's like this yeah. aspect of her mother as being this kind of loving person and, and considerate person. She sends her two of everything she buys and, Yet Melanie's there seems mom. to be, yeah. but then there is also a superficialness like to Melanie's character, obviously that we're supposed to kind of observe as she's this kind of, you know, typical LA kind of, you know, sort yeah. of type of figure, you know what I mean? Who seems kind of ditzy and kind of superficial, but then maybe there's something, you know, obviously she's the one who sort of pulls old Gorio. Out of their, old, dolio. <laughs> old dolio out of their sort of the hole the rut that they're that she's in with her parents who are these mm-hmm. disconnected cold icy walled people so and th- in that sense she actually has a mag not just a magnet not magnetism i should say but like she does have a kind of magnetism but a kind of insight she's able she's the only one who's able to see what's really going on and yeah. actually take action to do something about it to a degree she actually My, takes oh. direct and conscious effort to help this person yeah because i don't think that she's in do you think that she's like in getting involved with these people in the beginning honestly because she wants to be involved with a heist or do you think that she actually somehow has some kind of intuition or insight or not insight but i think an intuitive connection to them and that, that she's somehow i don't know drawn to on an emotional level without it has nothing to do with money or like needing wanting to like be involved in the scheme or whatever or what what do you think Tony? do you want to take this one I have well I, you know what's yeah. funny is that that is um that was something i was gonna bring up as a negative <laughs> for me which was her motivation melanie's motivation to actually join the family schemes was something i felt like i didn't quite understand i felt like Melanie, to me, felt very much like the audience surrogate. She is more normal. She, I feel like, exists in the realm of someone you may have actually met. Whereas uh, the family is a little more fantastical. And her uh, decision to jump into this family who acts this strange um, with nothing really in return i felt like what what is she getting out of this other than what like entertainment value for herself because this is Actually, so strange or thinking back on it now I, i'm remembering okay she totally lied about her you know job or whatever to them in the beginning right so there was a an element of insecurity about her own life circumstances and then we also see her talking to her mother on the phone and being really 
disconnected from that at a certain point. Remember when she was right, just yeah, like, yeah, rolling her eyes and feeling like her mom. It seemed like her response to her mother was that she didn't feel understood by the mother for some reason. Yeah, it seemed like the mother <clears throat> was like asking a lot of leading questions and just <clears throat> buying her stuff. So it's right like, you and know, didn't actually care about her either. So maybe they yeah. were both coming from a place where they didn't feel loved or seen by their parents. But in opposite ways where this woman who's her caretaker is giving her all these physical items and also not seeing or caring about her. Whereas the other parents of old Old Dolio. You know, old Dolio. <laughs> her parents don't give her anything except her whatever, her cut, but then it all goes to the rent anyway. Yeah. Um they don't give her anything and they don't see her and love her. Yeah. So you so, think that she's kind of attracted to the the difference? Well, maybe initially she was just like lying about her life circumstances because she was disillusioned by her real life and wanted to live in this fantasy for a second. Yeah, she and might be bored. Maybe right. she was maybe she was like bored and unhappy with her own life and insecure. And then eventually somehow when she discovered the existence of old Dolio. Dolio. Um <laughs> was even more entranced and like intrigued and there was an initial like spark between them hope i'm just guessing here and and you know filling in the blanks but i mean it's not really blank there is evidence to support some of this and like and then she continues to sort of have a role in this their next heist or whatever because she actually does want to dig into this i guess chemical reaction that she's having to old dolio mm-hmm and then maybe, <laughs> I don't know. So she's just as like lonely and unloved as old Dolio. But she, she covers her own thing up with kind of this bubbly sort of maybe somewhat sexualized version of that vibe, of that character. And maybe fake too. I mean, something Oh, I, she definitely seems fake. Yeah. Like she seems like I she's mean, overly, she's almost yeah. compensating for, because she's so like, nice and, and right. like, understanding of... Like, of the insanity that's going on around her. Like she wants to, they both want attention. That's the Mm -hmm. thing is they're both like attention starved and she's doing it in a way that is like sexualizing of her own body. And like, you know, they're on the airplane and this guy is like coming up to her and she's like, Oh, I get it all the time. Clearly like reveling in this attention, but not the real, the type of attention she actually wants. And then like, with the other girl, it's like she's the opposite of sexualized. She's like entirely desexualized. You know, I mean, she's wearing yeah. these ridiculously baggy clothes. She holds herself in a really, you know, non, I mean, totally lacking in confidence kind of way where she's just like totally mm-hmm. withdrawn. Hair is like super long. And then, but yet she does crave the attention as well. But yeah, well, the, it's a very specific, it. it's a specific type of attention though. It's not, it's not like craving to be sexualized or objectified it's craving love the attention think, of love I think she needs it more than more than craves it she she needs it but she doesn't even realize it old dolio i'm referring to yeah old, old well, dolio to I me mean, is like she, crave, she i'm interchanging craving and needing i think that, that yeah that's basically to I, me I the same mean, thing yeah well I, I guess what i'm specifying is that she does not outwardly want it she she i don't even think she's aware that she needs it I think that I don't think the other girl is either. I don't think I don't think either of them are aware that they need it mm. fully. Like I don't think they're either of them are aware that they're missing it. Mm-hmm. 
but they're both taking these steps in these opposite ways to getting it. Right, right. Maybe that's the genius and behind it all is like, okay, she's she's drawing this picture of like something that is intrinsically human in both of these seemingly opposite characters. Yeah. That eventually is achieved by the two of them sort of like kind of conceding to each other in a way. Mm-hmm. Although Would one you, of them is like yeah. more willing and more sort of forthcoming, but maybe there's something to um, like that being a part of the necessary ingredient for achieving the love is that one being needs to be received and one needs to be like forthcoming. There's an like, exchange. There's, yeah, there's an exchange, but they can't be the exact. They can't be the same. Like one yeah. couldn't. They couldn't both be like going toward. It's. One right. was like receding while the other one was moving towards it. <laughs> yeah. But there was something about that that brought it out in both of them. I don't know. Just yeah. kind of I like that, yeah. Yeah. It <laughs> I, feel, I feel that. Too, okay. it, it just made me think too. It's like, you know, when you're when you're describing Melanie as like, you know, a specific type of attention starved. Like, you know, leading with her sexuality, leading with like a fake superficial personality and then Mm -hmm. the moment like when we observe like the first attraction that she feels for old dolio is the moment when old dolio is like peeling off her acrylic nails it's like you know right peeling peeling off the fake part yeah the fake part and like you know she's like transfixed by her when she's doing this kind of like Mm -hmm. animalistic dance because it's like it's not sexy it's not pretty it's like I wonder if it's like she sees in old Dolio an authenticity that she's disconnected from because she relies on her sexuality and her material goods. Yes, but not just an authenticity, but also that she is being seen by this person and not being judged necessarily in that moment. Yeah. Like this person is taking her nails off and doing this, t- this kind of disgusting task, but without being like reactionary or outwardly you know disgusted by it and she's i think that makes her feel seen and safe and not something that she's experienced up to that point probably yeah totally so there's both like there's a receiving and giving on both ends like in a certain kind of way yeah and again that's like why i feel like it's it's a love story but it's not like about their relationship yeah yeah or like the yeah like the achievement of relationship but like actually about what's involved in that exchange and that whole like notion of being seen authentically seeing others mm-hmm. and like you know yeah know, and the ways in which they both were deprived of that right i mean i gotta say even just listening to you guys talk about that it makes me even want to take back the negative that i had earlier that i said about it ending in a spot that i felt like it was just beginning because I actually feel like with that in mind, I, I feel like that is actually the appropriate place to end then uh, the, the movie. I mean, in the sense of like, if you're going to talk about a relationship and, and the, the basis in which it's formed by, which I think this movie is definitely dealing with, then that is, I, I feel like the ending is the natural. Yeah, it's not about, that, which is like, it's not about their relationship. Yeah. Yeah, it's not about their relationship. It's about how love is achieved, maybe, right, or how right. love can be reached. And like they're just kind of placeholding yeah. the, they're, like, they're the necessary components that. of that. Yeah. In a way. Yeah. 
Because, but also, I think that lot, plenty of movies end where you know the couple finally get together. You don't see yeah. what happens. It's oh, like sure. a happily ever after type of thing where it's like the end. I but then part the part two of it is like they got married and had five kids and she got really fat and like or whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the <laughs> how, the post Cinderella story. But that's not really. It's about how they got there. Yeah. Sure. I guess I don't know. I think too, it's like if it's about love, but not like a love story, then the mm-hmm. whole thread too of like, you know, they, they check to see if the parents came in and stole the money. Mm-hmm. And there's like, you know, the three outcomes, like, you know, like if they did all or whatever, if they didn't, I don't know, I can't remember what it was exactly, right. but the third one was like, but if just my portion is there, then that means that, you know, right. they what are she- they are. Which what? Yeah, I didn't. Okay, I was like not exactly. I kind of didn't understand what she said, and I didn't go through the trouble of rewinding it to really (laughs) hear it again. I was like, "What did she say?" And then I was like, "Whatever." And I just, but then I was, you know, I realized that by the end of the movie, you know, after they do all the returns of the presents, the amount she's left with is her share, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was like, "Oh, what does that mean again?" In terms of what she said, I was like, "Was it like um, they're not monsters?" But they're, they are. It's like basically like they are who they are, mm-hmm. and that doesn't mean it's like they an acceptance. Love she, me. Yeah, she's yeah. It's it's like grieving she doesn't have to, the reality of who they are and what their relationship is, but not like not feeling like victimized by it. Right. Like she, like, yeah. Acceptance. There's empathy there. Like, yeah. Which or is also like, like yeah. Love, like seeing people right. for who they are, and like and not trying to change them. Yeah, and there's like or grief change. with that, right? Like, well, I'm and, pretty disappointed that that yeah. whole birthday situation wasn't real, but she knew it wasn't real from the beginning. Yeah, and the understanding too that it's okay to not have them in your life anymore, but you could still understand, like you could understand what it is they're trying to say with their actions and make the decision that that is not okay in my life. But yet, there's you still keep that thread of. Um, I don't know. I guess, I guess it is love. Like there is still that familial love there, but it's like the understanding int- that it's not, you can't have that as a constant connection. You know, something that's interesting about the parents is like, they're just, the mom cannot bring herself to call her hun. Cause she's just so. <laughs> yeah. Unless there's by the money idea online. Of, or even if putting, there's money online. <laughs> but putting money on the line, it sort of diffuses an excessive, like emotional quality you know what i mean so to tenderly refer to the daughter as hun would be like this display of emotion that she feels almost disgusted or repulsed by because right. they're so removed from their own emotions and i actually understand that feeling in a way myself like i know how that can feel like um to not want to show emotion because you feel like kind of embarrassed by it or just like it's cheesy or something like that or you know, and the mom even talks about, she's like, you want me to be a fakey, blah, blah, blah. She associates emotions with being fake, which is interesting. That I do not do. I don't, I don't, I don't feel that way, but I do know how it feels to want to like hide your emotions to a degree. And so it's interesting because even if she wanted to be emotional towards the daughter, like she was so hindered by this like lack of confidence or being grounded in her emotions that she was just like held back by that. She couldn't, you know what I mean? And so what's interesting is the birthday presents, 
So they took everything from, from the apartment, right? Including the money. And they could have just left. They could have taken the presents, but they, and they could have left her with her share in cash. But instead they took the cash and they did leave the presents behind. So in a way it was like they were giving her the presents. You know what I mean? Like, but there was still the idea that she could return them for the money. So that it was kind of saving them from having to be like emotional. You know what I mean about it? And so you could read that as being like, actually, there was a certain like demonstration of their ability to express emotion and affection towards the daughter in the gift giving. But they were able to still couch it in the like financial exchange, thereby yeah. saving them from the like emotional ickiness you know what i mean that you maybe that's why i was like something's like icky about the emotional exchange <laughs> between old gorio and the and melanie that i'm like kind of <laughs> grossed out by a little bit but then that's maybe actually was supposed to be like that to a degree mm-hmm. you know what i mean like that's yeah that's kind of interesting maybe i don't know <laughs> Man, uh, he's like supposed to be the opposite of how the parents feel. You know what I mean? Maybe they just didn't have time to return the stuff to the store and completely clean out her old apartment. I guess that's ta- that's possible too. But then why wouldn't they just? I feel like it is a, it is a sign of of affection. Why wouldn't? You know? I think it, I mean I think that it was pretty symbolic as to why they left the presents. Yeah, they specifically there's guilt. The I think there's... they could. Yeah. That's how I, they can show affection. Exactly. Exactly. And I think there's probably guilt. There's probably guilt too with with never giving her a birthday present, and then maybe feeling like, well, Definitely. she does deserve she does deserve these presents, even if we're going to take everything else from her life. That's so Miranda July, though. That it's like, and so what they do is they give her a birthday <laughs> present for every year of her life, and they like yeah. give her like baby stuff. Like, this is what it's we like do. a roundabout way to the. <laughs> See, that's why that's that like feels like very Miranda July is just like this this like featurette of stuff, just like <laughs> now is this cameo by this Fisher Price like barnyard <laughs> thing that you twist and it oinks. <laughs> for your second birthday <laughs> right man um i would love to keep talking about this uh but i do feel like we should probably wrap it up just because we're going a little long but kendra i feel like um i feel like you had a you had better thoughts than i could ever have about this movie i feel like oh. you i feel like you you uh, expressed it much more than, than i could honestly uh i feel like i was trying to come up with a concise way to say it and i feel like you said it um, and, and I agree. And in fact, it was kind of even changing my opinion about certain negatives that I had about the film. Um, Sick. so I'm really glad that we had you on this episode, Kendra. Um, Thank but, you. and again, I would love to keep talking, but I do feel like we should wrap it up. Um, Kendra, thanks again for being on this episode. Kajillionaire, uh, you can find it wherever you watch movies. I, I watched it on Amazon prime. Where did you guys watch it? By the way, Amazon YouTube. prime. Okay, okay. Well, we yeah. know it's on Amazon Prime. It might be elsewhere. Um, check it out if, if you feel so inclined, especially if you've listened all the way this far and still haven't seen it. I mean, oopsie-daisy, we spoiled the whole thing, but still worth watching. Um, oopsie we- <laughs> Old, old Golio. What is it? Old Gulio? What, what were you saying, Laura? Old Gorio. Paragorio. Old, go- old Gorio is waiting for you. a book called Paragorio. I think it's by Balzac. Ball sack, indeed. Yeah. Um, we will be back in two weeks with a new episode. Yep. Which will be November twenty second at seven p.m. 
and our guest will be Emily Jane White, who's also a, a Bay Area musician, who is also a good friend of ours. And we're very excited about that. We, we don't know what movie we're going to watch yet, but if you follow us on Instagram, that's where we announce the next films that we'll be watching. Also, we go live on YouTube, Twitch, and Facebook, so wherever you like to stream things, give us a follow there, and uh, that's where you'll be able to watch the next episode. So, oh, and I have started actually posting episodes to the, to the uh, podcast feeds, so if you're an audio listener, you can keep on listening to just the audio, though we are, we are here in video form, and we do encourage you to check out the video form if you can. Um, Nicole, Nicole Kyle just commented, thank you, appreciate the analysis. Uh, Nicole is our, is our number one fan. Thanks, Nicole, for always tuning in. <laughs> oh, I didn't see her on. Okay. <laughs> she's there. She's there. Yeah. Uh, what's, what's up? <laughs> uh, what up? Anyways, we'll be back. And uh, thanks again to Kendra. And thanks, Laura, for, for being the co-host on this episode as well. You're welcome. <laughs> and we will see you guys soon. Thank you. Okay. Biden. Biden. By Don, not Biden. All right. Well, you know, but also like <laughs> Biden. Yeah, Biden. Sure. Why not? Biden, indeed. <laughs> Biden, twenty twenty. Bye. 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 Bye.